Hey world, we are Citywide Church, creating the largest soul-saving effort ever seen right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We would love to know how our ministry has touched your life. So if you have a couple of minutes, please send us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. Also, if you would like more information about us or about how to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be encouraged and stay blessed. I'm excited and I'm joyful today because I know that God wants to speak to your heart. Last week we started our series called Church Hurt. You know, what to do when the church is the one that's hurting you and how to respond and and throughout the weeks, we're going to cover and look at different aspects of church hurt. Um, week four, I know week four, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the art of a quick reset, how to reset quickly when you are hurt in church, so that it doesn't affect your walk with God, Amen. But you're able to have a, a understanding with God and understanding with people. Praise the Lord. And um, next week, I know we're talking about phantom church hurt. Next week. Phantom Church, the, the title is, Am I Hurt or Am I Hurting? In other words, am I really hurt or am I hurting people? Because sometimes we think we're hurt in church, but we're just really in love with our sin. And uh, we don't like when anybody preaches about that or talks about that to us. So we're going to cover everything, praise God. But this week, I want to talk about how to deal with rejection. Because oftentimes in church, people come in and they feel rejected. And sometimes rejection in the church is the first or the most common offense that people feel as if they're not a part of the body or the community of believers. And I know that over the years, as the church has gotten bigger, we've had to put certain things into practice and into place so that people feel as if they're being connected to the body. In small churches, we don't really have an excuse. A lot of times, we just don't operate in God's love. And we come to church with a mindset of selfishness where it's, what is God going to say to me today? But what is God going to have you say to somebody? And so a lot of people feel rejected in church. A lot of people who struggle with sinfulness, they'll come to church and they'll feel rejected. Maybe just the, the behaviors or the characteristics. My, my grandfather who's gone on to be with the Lord, praise the Lord, he, he had it. He was a part of a church fellowship that was really old school. And that's what worked for him. And if that's what worked for him, praise God. And a young lady walked into their church and she had on what might be considered a short skirt. And, and you know, the thing about church is that we know that there's a certain level of proper attire for church. I don't believe it's a suit and tie. I don't read that in scripture. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and suit and tie won't get me into heaven. I'm not against anyone who does that. I'm just saying that I, I like jeans and a button up and, and, and vans. Praise the Lord. And some people might say, well, you got to bring your best you're looking at it, praise God. <laughs> Lewis Burgos doesn't own a lot of suits. I started throwing them out once we changed the name to Citywide. And she walked in and the people were so offended for God that they walked up to this girl with towels and blankets to cover her. She ain't come back. Because that's rejection. That's, that's, rege that's making people live to standards rather than to God. And we, we can't be so offended for God in church that people don't want to know our God. 
Because God deals with love and grace and truth. You know, when Jesus was, was put before the adulterous woman and all the teachers of the law and all the Pharisees were there and they caught this woman like in the act of adultery. Like the Bible is very graphic about it. We caught her in the act and we yanked her out. We don't got the guy, but we got the girl. And according to the law of Moses, we got to stone this person. We got to kill him. What do you say, Jesus? You know, Jesus never questioned the girl. Chances are she might have been half naked. Who knows? He didn't say, how dare you come before? Do you know who I am? You're not even dressed right. You're not even, I mean, I think that a lot of churches today can't handle a naked Savior on the cross. Because that's, that's why they have them covered up with a loincloth. That's not how it was. Let's be, let's be real. But we make church about things that it's not, and we have an art of rejecting people sometimes in church. And in Scripture, there's a story of this man who really, really felt rejection. And it's easy sometimes to read over this scripture and to not really understand what it's saying, but this man felt rejected. Turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 20. If you're writing notes, write that down. Jeremiah chapter 20, and I'm going to read from verse 7 all the way down to verse 10. We're going to pray, and we're going to get into what God has for us, because I believe that God wants to start a process of restoration. Amen? And this, our last week's sermon was probably one of the most listened to sermons in, um, in our church that we've ever done. And I know that God has been ministering to me. I got a ton of emails, a ton of Facebook messages, uh, some good, some not so great. But God was really moving in people's lives, amen. And it started a conversation with a lot of people. And I'm just believing God for healing and restoration, amen. Verse uh, 7, if you could put it up. Oh, Lord, you have deceived me. Somebody's mad. <laughs> and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has come for me, a reproach and a derision all day long. And if I say I will not mention him or speak any more of his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering, terror is on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him, says all my close friends. Watching for my fall, perhaps he will be deceived that we can overcome him and take our revenge. Come on, dear Heavenly Father, your word is already blessed. But now we ask you to open our spiritual ears that you might speak to your church. You might help us and you might teach us, Father God, what you have for us in Jesus' name. Just a few months after I got married, my wife tried leaving me with the testimony because she developed pulmonary emboli, which is blood clots in her lungs. And we actually got it at a pivotal point where if we had waited any longer, she might not be here with us. And, and just, she just started feeling chest pains. And, and I always tell her, I saved your life. I took you to the hospital. She didn't want to go to the hospital. And we to go to the hospital, tell her she has this stuff and yada, yada, yada. And afterwards, they did all these different tests on her. Because they were checking for a genetic predisposition towards blood clots. In other words, they were checking her DNA and her body to see if she was predisposed or more likely because of her genetics to develop blood clots. And the answer was no. But here's the thing now. Because she experienced blood clots, every time she has a child, she has to be on blood thinners. Because now her body is something like ten times more likely to develop new clots because it did it before. 
And oftentimes, this is how rejection works. Oftentimes, the church isn't the first rejection that causes pain. Oftentimes, we have a father wound. Daddy wasn't there. And now every time somebody hurts me, it hurts, you know, every time somebody rejects me, it brings me back to a place of pain that I, I despise. Maybe you were jilted by a lover. Maybe someone in your life, maybe you were bullied in school. Oftentimes, church hurt is not the first hurt that causes rejection. Can, I, can we just be real? Oftentimes, there's a deeper issue. And, and I want to preface this entire sermon by saying sometimes the issue isn't really the issue. Sometimes it's not that somebody doesn't want to hang out with you. It's not that you weren't invited into the fellowship. It was that you had a lens of rejection. And people always reject you. So you come into places with, with guarded hearts and rejection. And once one person rejects you, now you're looking all over your life. Oh, my God, they're rejecting me too. And they're, oh, I feel hurt. And it's not to say your pain isn't real. It's not to say you're not feeling real hurt. It's to say that there is a source and a symptom. Rejection is a symptom. The source might be something deeper. The source might be that you have a deeper mother wound where mommy wasn't there and mommy didn't connect with you or daddy abandoned you. Whatever it may be, we live in a society where rejection is rampant. Can the church be real? Not everybody is good fathers like me and my brother and Emma and John and not all the good dads and all the good, all the, can you put your hands together for good dads, praise God? We got great fathers at Citywide because I would smack you outside your head if you weren't, praise God. Praise God. And it's, it's an amazing thing, but a lot of times fathers aren't there in their kids' lives. Mothers aren't there in their children's lives. More kids nowadays being raised by grandma than any other generation. And rejection is real, but rejection often doesn't start in church. It starts somewhere else. And when we come to church and feel the same thing the world has done to us or daddy did or mommy did or somebody in our family did, then we develop the mentality that these church people are just like the world. Because we know the world has rejected us. And now we say also the church has rejected us. In this passage that we just read, the prophet Jeremiah is completely upset. He is mad because God has given Jeremiah an anointing and he's given him a calling over his life. And the anointing and the calling over his life is to prophesy the destruction of God's people. He's like, he's given Jeremiah this anointing to prophesy, but everything that Jeremiah says is terrible. And people hate it. Like, there, in Jeremiah's time, there was a lot of false prophets. And they were preaching and prophesying good things when God's like, that's not going to happen. You guys are going to be slaves and in bondage for a long time. And so Jeremiah's like, God, you deceived me. Because you brought me into this fellowship of Judaism, this fellowship to be a prophet and a leader among God's people. But every time... I prophesy, people hate me. I've become a laughingstock. People are mocking me. And people are doing all types of things to me. And Jeremiah is describing this, 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 uh, this situation before God of his pain and his hurt and how he is re rejected for the message he has given the people. He's, he's telling God, God, they're rejecting me and you deceived me. I thought that because you sent me that people would receive me. Not everywhere God sends you, people will receive you. And he's saying, God, I need you to, to, to I don't even want to do this anymore. If you look at verse 9, he says, if, if, I don't even want to talk about prophecy anymore. 
And you got to understand how deep the rejection must have been for a great prophet to abandon his calling. Because oftentimes I can't tell you how many people will abandon their calling because of rejection. How many pastors and ministers and how many worshipers and how many great men and women of God are outside the church because of the hurt of rejection because the church has not operated in God's love? How many people have been lost to the world because the church has not accepted them with the love of Christ? We don't dispense the love we've been given. We usually give people the judgment we've, we've been freed from. And God, he commands the church to hell. I can't begin to tell you the amount of phone calls and the amount of emails and text messages I get all the time from people feeling rejected by the fellowship of believers. For people feeling as if I, I just, I hear a lot, I, I don't fit in. And fitting in, church, it is a two-way street where you have to make an effort, but church, you have to make an effort. For how many people all around you that you come to this church every Sunday, you don't even know. Granted, our church is probably numbering over 400 these days, and it's hard to know everybody, but have you involved yourself in a community of believers? Church, it is so easy to find people who need connection. They're the first ones to run out after service. And it's not because they don't want to stay. It's because they don't feel as if they have anyone to connect to afterwards, so they're okay just running out. They receive what God says, but they won't be in the fellowship of believers. And everyone who leaves early is like, oh, God, he's talking about me, but that's not my reason why I leave early. Sink in, praise God. I couldn't begin to tell you how many folks from not just this church, but many churches, they come to me and say, what do I do? I feel ostracized from my church. I feel hurt because I had this situation in my marriage and now nobody wants to talk to me or my husband. My business got put on front street and now I went through this or I went through that or I went through a time where I wasn't walking with God the way I should have. And now people are rejecting me, Pastor. What do I do? I feel ostracized. And this is, you're, you're in common with Jeremiah where he feels rejected because of the things in his life that God has called him to do. And maybe your rejection doesn't stem from something or your calling or God telling you to prophesy judgment. But maybe nonetheless your rejection still hurts the same. And Jeremiah says, if I, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more of his name, he was contemplating abandoning the purposes of God, the call of God, because he felt like he didn't belong. How many people, as Pastor Philip would put it, have a longing for belonging? How many people who are leaving the church daily and they have a great purpose in God, but because they don't feel like as if they've connected in an organic and natural way, they don't want to do it. But oftentimes we don't feel connected because we don't want to connect. We want to have a reason to stay on the outskirts. We want to have a reason to do it. We want to have a reason to dance with the devil and still sing for God. Rejection works two ways. Because oftentimes the people who are feeling the rejection are also doing some rejecting. We've got to say stuff to ourselves like, well, I feel like I'm not a part, Pastor, but you haven't signed up for a small group. I don't feel like I'm a part, but you haven't made room for God to bring you to men's group. I just don't feel like I belong, but you haven't made a room to let God use you in the fellowship of believers where we serve. And you can be a part of the serving teams in the locker rooms. And then you'll have more involvement. And we say stuff like, I feel rejected, but the truth is, has, have, you, have you let yourself be accepted? And Jeremiah has. He has, but yet he's still rejected. 
And maybe what I'm saying doesn't really qualify for you. Maybe your rejection is different. Maybe someone really has stemmed the argument in your church and, and there's division in the church. And maybe you see them sitting on that side, so you sit on this side. And now you think to yourself, well, they're really connected with all the leaders. And they must have told all the leaders about the problem that we had with them. And so everybody in this church must not like me. And that's why Sister Dominique walked by me and didn't say hi because she was hanging out with Pastor Lori. And I got a problem with Pastor John. And John hangs out with Lori. Man, cut that foolishness out. Before you know it, you are public enemy number one and nobody even knows your last name. But we build a scenario in our hearts and in our minds. I wish we had an honest church. Rejection is real, but also but the projection of rejection is also real. And Jeremiah is like, God, I'm really like, I'm really hurting. You know, it never, it never occurred to me, and this is the God's honest truth, and y'all are going to laugh, and some of you are going to laugh, and some of you are going to be like, I know what he's talking about. It never occurred to me that people got offended because they didn't get invited to birthday parties. And here's the thing, let me just preface that or, you know, say this. The church has gotten to a point where you're not going to be invited to everything. Cut that out. As God grows us and grows us and grows us, y'all got to stop that. You see, son, I, I, must be, no, listen, listen. I used to be excited that I wasn't getting invited. I would look fearfully at my inbox. I would look at Facebook invites, events, and I'm just like, ah, ah, man, Sandy, we got one. I'm just kidding. The reason for that is because as the church grew, I can't afford to buy every kid a gift. I can't be giving out $200 every month at every wedding and buying every baby shower a bit. I just, I can't afford, y'all can afford it. I can't. I'm on a pastor's salary. Trust me, I can't. I'm sacrificing for the kingdom. But to other people, it was painful. To me, what was joyful, what was okay, what was like, I'm so glad your party went well. I praise God. That's why when I do show up at a party, you know, I hear jokes from the leaders like, you came? You, you're here? I remember I went to one of Addison's parties and Heather was like, oh, I just didn't think you were coming. I just didn't even... I was coming. I was, I'm coming. You, you, my, you my peoples. And there's certain people who I won't miss because you're family to me. And we're all a big family. But there's individuals who I have such a strong bond that I'll never miss an event for you. And, and, but to me it never occurred that people got hurt because they didn't feel included. Pastor, what are you saying? You see, this is, this is the reason why. This is the reason why. If you ever see me in the hallways, the connect team, you know what I'm about to say, and I see you and you're part of our, that's why we have about a 20-person team called the connect team. And their whole job is to connect with people who we don't know. We put so much effort now into it because people feel rejected in church. And they come to church wanting acceptance. They come to church wanting that. But the church just reaffirms what the world already told them about rejection. And we don't even say hi to them. Take, take. Honestly, just do me a favor. Look around for like five seconds. Just look around. Look around. Look at how many people you don't know and that you probably won't even make a chance to say hi to at the end of the service. Pastor, what are you saying? That you're part of the problem sometimes. That you reject people by not accepting them. And you would say, well, that wasn't my intention, but that's the end result. So I walk up to Vicky in the hallway and I say, Vicky, I see her talking to, I see her talking to Pastor Lori. I'm like, Vicky, what's her name? Pastor, that's Lori. I know, isn't it crazy that you know her and you're still talking to her here? It's crazy, like, go talk to somebody you don't know. 
Now it got to a point where she, I walk up to them like, I know, I know, I know. And they're running away from me. Because I'm passionate about knowing people who don't know God. We put a lot of effort into it because we want people to be accepted. Church, can I ask you a question? Are you rejecting people simply by the nature of you not making time after service to say hi to new people? Are you part of the problem? Are you part of the problem where people are being rejected and they they might never reach their God-given purpose because the church has not operated in the fullness of God's love? Are you so high in a spiritual high at the end of service that you just, I'm in the glory, I can't even say hi to nobody. Are you so, are you so deep in there that, that you have to go talk to your favorite friend in the church after service? Listen, you got to find people you don't know. Because the church has to be a place of acceptance. Here's point number one for you today. You ready? Are you ready? Who the church rejects, Satan accepts. Who the church rejects, Satan will gladly accept them. He'll accept them into depression. He'll accept them into anxiety. He'll accept them into hatred of the church and the people of God. He will accept them into bitterness. He will accept them into thinking that everybody is against them. Satan would love nothing more than for the church to continue wounding people and for the church to continue rejecting people because we just want to say hi to who we want to say hi to. And we don't want to be like the Acts chapter 2 and 3 church where we open our homes to people we don't know. We don't want to go that far. That's just too radical, Pastor. As the church gets bigger, you should have a different crowd in your crowd. You should have different people in your circle. Jeremiah was so hurt by his close friends and his fellow people of God that he was ready and willing to abandon the purposes of God in his life. How much more someone who just walks in the front door would be willing to reject church, let alone Jeremiah, a calling? Are you with me? So many people ready to walk away from God's purposes due to the pain of rejection and the church doing the same thing someone else did to them in their past. And so they're sitting there in the corner where hundreds of people all around them talking and gabbing and drinking coffee in a cafe. And they say, you were right. No one cares about you here. You should leave right now. You should leave right. Because no one cares about you. They're just like everybody else you've experienced. They don't care. And you know what you do? You know what you do, church, by never reaching out to someone else that you don't know? You prove them right. You agree with the devil when you don't do it. That sounds crazy, but when we're not acting in the love of God, the Bible says to greet all people with a holy kiss. Men, I think it meant on the cheeks. Praise God. I want to see you walk. Come here, girl. <laughs> you right there. Come. No, just relax. <laughs> but it says to greet all people with a holy hug and a holy kiss. It says to, to love all people. Church, we have to be a church that accepts everyone. That Satan would be made into a liar because people are feeling like God. He, these people are so full of radical love. I mean, and many people do come in and they experience that. But how about the ones who don't? How about the 20, the 30, a month who walk through our doors and never ever get greeted by someone because you were talking to somebody else? You see, this portion of my service, I really got to aim it at the church because we have a job to do. 
And it's not just for some of the leaders and some of the pastors. It's not just for the connect. It's for every single individual who knows Christ. You should be a connector to someone in the body. Bringing them in, loving them. And say, hey, I haven't seen you here before. My, my name is Lewis. And I, how'd you hear about us? You don't have to have a certain title. You see, Jeremiah was really hurt. And if someone who is saved knows God, had a personal, direct, divine calling from God, can feel as if leaving the call of God is better because of rejection, how much more than someone who barely knows God and is trying to seek him? Are you with me, church? Satan will accept them. He'll accept them into bitterness. He'll accept them and he'll sow seeds into their heart. And then, and then they become accusers. They say the church is just like the world. And, and, and in one sense, they're right in what they're saying, but in another sense, they're just being more like the enemy than they are God. Because Revelations 12, 10, look what it says, and I'm reading from the ESV. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority uh, of his Messiah. For the accuser, talking about Satan, of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God, our God, day and night, has been hurled down. I, I want you to look at that. Satan is the accuser of God's people. And sometimes I know a lot of Christians who can't get past hurt and they can't forgive and all they then turn into is accusers. You did that and you did this and you did that and we don't want to heal. We don't want to really see God do something. We're just joining in with devils that the devil says, You're, look what you did to me. Look at the hurt you caused me. Rather than saying, God, you know what, I'm leaving it in your hands. I want you to move in my life, God. Maybe as a believer you've been rejected in this church. Maybe you felt like you don't fit in. I want to say that we love you, but I also want to say that I want to give you an opportunity to fit in and join our groups. I remember a brother in the church, I won't say his name, he's newer, he's been an amazing guy to come to know. And he drove from Ansonia, I believe, maybe four or five times, he drove from Ansonia to come to church. And he was so scared to walk to the front doors, he just left and drove back home. Because he was afraid of rejection. But when he came in, he was loved on and people we're able to meet him and just to sow into his life. And just seeing him grow in Christ has been amazing. Church, who is around you that might be and feel rejected by the church? And rejection comes in all shapes and sizes, all forms. It's not just because someone didn't say hi. It's not just because someone is in an argument with someone else from the church and now we feel like everybody hates us. It's not just division. It's not just because you didn't get invited to the party. It might be something deeper. Whatever your type of rejection is, understand, church, that we as a body have a job to do to receive people into God's fellowship. Because Satan is looking to rob people of their purpose, of their calling, of their destiny, of their joy, and of their peace because of a root of rejection. And bitterness sets in, and I hate church people. I hate it. They're I'll never go to church again. No, 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 no. We have to love people. There is a world that feels rejected, not walking in God's purpose because the church hasn't done the job that we need to do. And church is not just about us. It's about who we can reach for God, who we can touch with the gospel in the midst of our community. You need to flip that hurt if you do feel hurt. And it's the very reason that you won't allow anyone else to be hurt. And maybe you're sitting here saying, well, I'm just not accepted. Maybe you need to flip that hurt and start accepting other people into your own circle. And say, God, I, I, this hurt that I feel, I'll turn it into something powerful for you. And I'll bring people, to, I'll be an example, God. I won't be an accuser, I'll be an example. And I won't do it with pride saying, well, I'm inviting you in because nobody accepted me. <laughs> Praise God. But that we do it in love. 
and compassion. Although Jeremiah had a reason to complain in one sense, he chose the wrong voice. Jeremiah, he chose the wrong voice. He played the tape. Everybody has a tape. Gideon had a tape. If you read the story of Gideon, Gideon's hiding. His people are being oppressed. They're, they're, they're being, you know, beat up by the Midianites. Every time food comes up in the harvest, the armies of the enemies come in, sweep it through, take everything. And, and Gideon's like really mad at God. And the angel of the Lord says to Gideon, oh, you mighty warrior. And he's like, how am I the mighty warrior? Our people are oppressed. Everything's going wrong. He played the tape. He's like, God has a calling on your life. The angel said, how, why me? I am the least in my family. My family is the least in my tribe. My tribe is the least in the whole country. How me? You all got a tape. You got to avoid the temptation to play the tape. Well, why should I, God? That person isn't hiding me. No one hugged me. They didn't shake my hand. I'm really, really hurt. Stop playing that tape over and over. That's a highlight feel, not a highlight reel. You highlight how you feel, but you don't highlight what's real. We play the tape. Moses had the tape. I can't speak, God. I don't want to be used. Well, how about this? How about that? Every reason why God could not use them. The tape is the thing that we always play, which is our reasons to not be, to be used by God, or our reasons to remain hurt. Some people make reasons to stay hurt. Some people, you know, don't want to be used by God. Well, someone hurt me, God, and I just can't deal with the pain, and this always happens to me. you got to resist the urge to play that tape. Here's point number two. Choose the voice of a victor, not a victim. If you want to get past church, you got to choose the right voice to come at it with. We read a really interesting story in John chapter 5. Verse 6, and it's a story where Jesus goes by the pool of Bethesda, and it, a, a healing is about to take place. And, and the thought is, as we read this story, is that every time the pool is stirred and the first person that got in, they got healed. And so hundreds of people sick would be all around this pool all the time. And Jesus walks up to this guy who has been by this pool every day for 38 years. He's been coming to this pool, and, and he's not been healed. And Jesus walks up to this guy, and this is what he says in John chapter 5, verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Stop, Jesus. No, I just come here every day for 38 years for fun. Like, are you kidding me? That's like going to a Hillsong concert and someone saying, are you here to hear Hillsongs? No. I mean, it's not Coldplay. It's like, okay, Captain Obvious. But I believe Jesus wanted to give him a chance to speak faith or fear. And the, the man, he does the victim voice, not the victor voice. Because he plays the tape. What's the tape? What's the tape? He says, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I've got no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. I never get my blessing, God. Someone else always gets it before me. But I'm still coming faithful. But I never get what I'm here for. There's nobody to help me in. I got friends to bring me, but not friends to take me all the way in, God. Oh, that's not what Jesus asked him. And sometimes God wants to bring healing to you. But because, you can't, because you're so fo focused on the hurt, you can't see that he 
And Jesus is like, that's not what I asked you, dude. Yes or no, brother? Do you want to be made well or do you want to remain hurt? Do you want to always feel rejected, church? Or do you want to wallow in self-pity? Are you going to choose the voice of a victim or a victor? Are you going to have victory and believe you are who God called you to be? Or are you going to believe the lies of Satan and keep on letting him speak and whisper into your heart, into your mind, driving you away? Jesus is like, Jesus, I love what he does. He ignores what the guy said. What grace. If I were, I would have been like, that's not what I asked you. But Jesus is like, dude, just rise up and take your mat. Like, just go. And the guy's healed instantly. But he chose the voice of a victim. He said, yeah, but nobody's there. I got, I got nobody. Nobody can carry me to the pool. My friends are only half good. I'm really grateful. I'm really kind of grateful that they bring me here every day. But I don't got nobody else to take me in. And every time I, last week, you know, uh, blind Charlie got healed. And I was so upset. Because I was as close to the pool as I can get. And I was like, take my strong arm, but I couldn't get in, praise God. And we just always got an excuse. Oh, God, this is, have you ever met somebody who always has an excuse why they're far from God? Oh, God, I can't because I'm just hurt and this is, oh, well, this person and that person. How about you choose the voice of victory and forgiveness instead of victimhood and accusing? God, I, I want to I be healed of this. You see, the victor releases people from their burdens and restores the victim, relives the hurt and condemns the offender. See, I understand the, the, the victor, you forgive, you love, and you grow, but the victim, you isolate, you hate, and you hold grudges. Understand, over every church hurt, God gives us victory. Over every pain, God gives us healing over everything. Oh, but pastor, I want to believe in God and I want to come to the church, but I'm, a hurt. I'm just so hurt you're a victim. I want to forgive, but the hurt is so deep you're being a victim. Because God has already forgiven you of all your sins, all your disgusting nastiness, all your sexually immorally thoughts, all your drunkenness, all your addictions. He's healed you from everything, but somebody didn't say hi to you or somebody forgot about you and now you want to hate them. It's because we haven't had a revelation of the true forgiveness and grace of God. How is it the forgiven are the least to forgive? We have to understand that. We're called to forgive. I want to be accepted, but nobody likes me. You're a victim. Stop hiding under the blanket of victimhood. God wants to love on you. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. What does it say? But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Christ Jesus. Over anything you face, you have a victory. You are a victor, not a victim. And if your name is, is Victor, that's double whammy for you, praise God. Like you were really blessed. Although we may hurt, we don't need to stay in the hurt. We can forgive. We can love them back. Rejection is real, but God's acceptance is a little bit realer. Choose the voice of a victor. Over the voice of a victim. Refuse to play that tape every time it comes up. Well, why don't you go to that church no more? Well, the Lord, he saved me. How about this? How about this response instead? You know, God was just doing some different things in my life, and I learned a lot there, and I'm grateful for it, but I feel this is the place God has me. Instead of you want to spread your hurt and your pain. You know what rejection really likes to do? Not on my notes, but I want to give you a freebie here. Rejection likes to get people to share your offenses. 
Rejection likes to get people to share. You want people to feel like you feel, so you tell people what someone did to you, so they'll feel like you feel. But if they still are friends with that person you hate, you hate them too. But no, the Bible calls us to forgive, not gossip, to love, not lament. It calls us to be restorative in our nature. And it doesn't mean that your rejection is not real. It just means that you have to still forgive and heal. Lest you want to remain in that hurt. God changes us from being the victim to being the victor. Here's point number three. I'm almost done. All the visitors said, praise God. Are you ready? Allow God's word to be greater than man's wounds. I thought the same thing, Julio. I was like, that's, that's good, God. Allow God's word to be greater than man's wounds. And why is that? It's because if I focus on my woundedness, man, I'll, I'm gonna be hurt for a long time. I've got a friend of mine, he's really sick right now. And for a long time, he would not let the people, he's been bedridden for about months now. And, and when you get bedridden, you get a lot of aches and pains in your body. And he was unable to do physical therapy because of the level of pain he was feeling. But he wouldn't want to let them be able to address his pain, you know, uh, medicinally with medicine. And so he was unable to make the progress he needed because the pain was too great. You follow me there? Some people, they're so deep in their hurt, so deep in their rejection, so deep in their pain, and it's because the pain is very real. That they're not allowing God and his word to medicate them. We still have our pocket promise Bible, you know, Psalms 119. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, verse 105. But where is it guiding you? Where is that lamp taking you? If it's not taking you to healing and forgiveness and restoration, I got a hard time believing that God's word is guiding you. You know, we read it in Colossians chapter 3 last week. Bear with one another, forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. But you don't bear with nobody. You don't forgive. Who's really, is God's word guiding you? In other words, is God's word scripture and his promises over your life meaning more to you than the wounds of man? But what would that really do in context? What it says is this, is although I've been rejected, although I feel rejected by the church, whether by this church or another church or some other place you've been to, maybe you're here for the first time, and in other churches you felt rejected, you weren't feeling really received, if you felt that way, right, if that is you, God's word speaks something better over your life. And it doesn't mean you have the right to look at everybody through the lens of one person's offenses. And so... What does God say about you? Who does God say you are? I had an interesting uh, conversation with my sister this week, and I was telling her how if my dad was still around, that me and my brother's kids would really be his favorite grandkids, and that he probably wouldn't like her kids that much. And that's a hard conversation to have. It's just not easy. But I, I, I shared with her a, a private moment me and my dad had one day at about 3 in the morning because we had bad habits, and we were up late. And he was on his bed, and I was sitting on the edge of it, and he looked at me. And I think I've shared this with you before. Just bear with me. He looked at me and said, he said, Felipe, that's my middle name. Don't repeat it. He said, of all my kids, of all my kids, and it's not to discount anybody else in my family. I love them all. He said, of all my kids, I see the hand of God over you the most. And that stuck with me. 
when dad says something like that to you when you're 13, 14 years old sitting on the bed, that sticks with you. And that's the word from God. And Jeremiah had a similar experience in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, God gives Jeremiah a real big purpose. Before I formed you in the womb, Jeremiah, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. I appointed you. And so sometimes the wounds of the world and the church try to get you to avoid the word of God over your life that he appointed you. And is the word going to be greater or is the wound going to be greater? Jeremiah is like, God, I know you appoint, I know you called me. I know I'm a prophet, but I'm done because this rejection is too real. I know you love me. I know you care about me. I know you died for my sins, but I'd rather live in it because the wound I feel. I'd rather be in the hurt because the wounds that I feel. You see, in order for Jeremiah to have healing and to be able to move past this rejection, he had to allow the, the, God's word on his life to be greater than the wounds in his life. You got to allow God's word on your life to be greater than the wounds in your life. Who does God say you are? Because who God accepts, no man can reject. I've told you before. I don't say this to, to spite nobody, but if we're talking about church, church, let's just be real. I Listen, you think that you experienced church, church? I probably experienced more church hurt in the last eight years than anybody who faced in a lifetime. To be hated by people who, who take the pulpit every Sunday. To be talked about by God's shepherds of his flock because they cease to understand my point of view and how we as a church chose to do church. I've been hurt by church, but I don't hate no one. I love every single one of them. I pray for them. They call me for help, I'll help them. Because I choose God's word over man's wound. And I know that they just don't understand what God's doing uniquely through our church and that's okay. I'm not going to allow the rejection to say and to, to dictate how I'm going to look at every Christian and every church and every believer. For God has formed me and God has called me and God is with me. And sometimes, honestly, the pain was so bad, you can ask some of our board members and our leaders, I didn't want to do this anymore. I really wanted to quit and I understand where Jeremiah is coming from when God's own people reject you. But I also understand that he's called me to love. He's called me to forgive. He's called me to do what others are refusing to do. Jeremiah was criticized. I've been criticized. You've been criticized. Jeremiah was despised. Trust me, I'm despised. Jeremiah was hated. And believe it or not, I don't know how some Christians have the capacity to hate. But they do. Jeremiah was, he was dealing with real stuff. It was real pain, just like you might feel, just like I have felt in the past. But I could not blame God for the actions of his children. I couldn't blame him. I had to understand that he had a purpose for my life. And the wounds of man would not stand greater than the word of God. To me, nobody's greater in my life after, you know, just God and then there's my dad. And God and my dad agreed about me, so I'm good. Like, God thought I was great and dad thought I was amazing. This is going to be fine. Like, you can't derail my life because I am filled with the holy, godly confidence 
of who he says I am and what he will do in my life. Understand that God loves you, and although someone may have rejected you, although sometimes you don't feel like you're a part of the fellowship, although sometimes you feel at times that there's some discord and this and that, and maybe you got to go somewhere. Let me tell you something. Church is like family, and you say to yourself, well, I don't know about that because some people aren't friendly. Well, your family's perfect. <laughs> Not every week I get along with all my cousins or all my brothers or all my, you know, my, my one brother, praise God, or both my sisters. Not every week do we get along. Sometimes you argue with an aunt or an uncle. Sometimes you're at odds with somebody. Don't change your bloodline. You're still family. Understand that God accepts you. Maybe you've been rejected by church because of the lifestyle that you chose. Understand that God won't agree with every choice in your life. And he won't allow every sin in your life forever. But he won't leave you the same way you came. Because he loves you. He accepts you. Sometimes churches fall short. Sometimes God people fall short. Sometimes I fall short. But God does not fall short. Sometimes citywide will miss the mark. Sometimes I miss the mark, and it can cause a hurt or a pain or an offense. But if your heart is molded after God's heart, you can be quick to forgive and slow to hate. You can be fast to love, quick to forgive, quick to move past. Turn that rejection you feel into a, into a, 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 a tool to bring other people close to you and say, you know what, I want to show you a better way. Because God is working in my heart. You don't cause more division. You say in grace that God's called me to love people. you got to allow God's opinion to be stronger in your life than the words of man. You have to allow God's purpose to be stronger than your pain. you got to allow God to really have his way in you in spite of the pain and the hurt. The purpose of God can't be bottled up. It can't be kept down. You see, Satan made you feel rejected for a reason. He attacked your heart and mind for a reason. Listen to what Jeremiah said in verse 20, verse, chapter 20, verse 9. He says, if I say, meaning I'm thinking about quitting, and if I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart as if it were a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. You get what he's saying there? He's saying, Although I feel rejected, and although the hurt is real, if I try to not be who God called me to be, if I try to not preach because some other pastor or church or other Christians offended me, if I tried to do that, I would be at home, and there would be like a fire shut up in my bones, and, and the Word of God and the, and the grace of God will be burning inside of me to declare the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And although I am hurt and I feel offended, I know that God's Word in me and through me and on me and over me is greater than my offense and I got this holy fire in me and I'm calling it, God's calling me to love people and God's calling me to forgive people and I got this burning inside of my soul that rejection is trying to pour water on this fire but there's a fire from a living God. I can't hold this in, Jeremiah said. I tried not prophesying. I tried not preaching. I tried not going to church. I tried everything. I tried going back to the world. I tried turning to sin but I can't win with sin. I can't do it. I feel the fire of God in me. 
feel the Lord speaking to me. I feel the praise is bubbling out. I feel the worship just, just coming out. And every time I see a post on Facebook, I want to jump up and shout. But my rejection says, no, they hurt you. No, they don't love you. But the purpose of God is burning in you like a fire. And Jeremiah, I want to feel and I want to live in my rejection. But the acceptance of God is too great for me to walk in rejection. The acceptance of God is too good for me to walk in pain. The forgiveness of God is too good for me to walk in condemnation and accusing the brothers. Because I got this fire shut up in my bones. on a youth camp and this old guy must have been about 472 years old looked like Moses with a white beard he would get on the platform in front of a you know bunch of kids and teens there and he's saying that same old song. remember that fire remember that? shut up in my bones holy ghost fire makes you wanna shout I'm just like and it was like it was it was like the most country bluegrass song in the world. But by the time he got done singing, in my line, Ruben, all the kids, shut up in my bow, holy ghost, fire, mix that water. We were just straight country bluegrass. We were praising God because we understood that when God is in, you're like a fire. Some of you try leaving church, but the, but the acceptance of God is too strong pulling you back. Some of you try hating people, but too much love in you. Some of you tried not forgiving, but God convicted you. Some of you tried staying away, but God was calling you the whole time. Some of you tried it. You wanted to do it because the rejection was real and the hurt was real. But God's love and God's forgiveness and God's grace is greater than your pain. And God's word on your life is greater than the pain in your life. And the word of God over me is greater than the wounds that are in me. Jeremiah got to that place where he had to realize that I'm a called prophet of God. I am who God says I am. And although others have rejected me, I'll find a place of acceptance, and it's in God's arms. God is with me. Would you look to your neighbor and say, God is with you. Find somebody behind you. Tell them God's with you. Could you, could you, could we, could we introduce the spirit of awkwardness real quick? Could you find someone in your direct vicinity that you may not know and just shout to them how much you love them in Jesus? Would you just, could we just be really awkward today? Could you just find somebody, you know, hey, I love you. Find somebody you don't know. Tell them, I'm so, could you find somebody else and tell them, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you chose to come fellowship today. I'm so glad that, that God got, I got a chance to love on you today. I'm just so happy. Some of you sitting there like, nope. No, no, no. No. All you stiff people, I love you. Welcome to the spirit of awkwardness at Citywide Church. Praise God. We love you. That's my daughter's favorite line now. Daddy, I love you. You're accepted. If you're going to move past this hurt, that pain, you got to flip it around and begin to receive other people. Begin to accept other people. Well, pastor, I tried that. Don't stop. 
Come on. Come on, the farmer can't stop sowing after the first day. He got to keep on sowing seed and keep on sowing seed until the time of harvest comes. And then he's able to see, maybe your time of harvest hasn't come, but it's still coming. Don't stop sowing. That's the plan of the enemy. Some of you wonder why your harvest only comes in spurts. It's because your love that you sow only comes when you feel like it. The grace you dispense only comes when you feel like it. You, you don't forgive everybody. You forgive some people. And you wonder why you don't have the harvest you want. You got to keep on sowing. Tell three people around you keep on sowing keep on sowing maybe somebody rejected you find another friend praise God keep on sowing now now hold on hold on if somebody is talking to you like saying like hey you know you keep on sowing and you're not responding to them you're rejecting them praise God we're gonna pray for you right now God's word greater than your hurt greater and no weapon formed against you. The enemy will keep on trying, but God wants to restore you. And I'll close with this last thought. Have you ever wondered, listen up, listen up. Have you ever wondered why Satan wanted you to feel rejected? Because he was afraid that when you felt the acceptance, that it would unlock every godly thing in you. It would unlock every purpose. It would unlock the destiny God has over your heart. It would unlock the mercy that you're going to give to us. It would unlock the gift of worship God has in you. It would unlock the gift of praise God has given you. It would unlock the ministry that God has given you. It would unlock the, the preaching of the word. It would unlock the, 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 the outreaching of compassion he's given you. It would unlock everything. If God, the devil knows if you started to feel accepted the way God wanted you to, it would begin to unlock all the purposes of God. Jeremiah would keep on prophesying. You would keep on working the will of God. You would keep on moving forward. You would keep on healing and restoring people. You would heal the sick. You would lead the blind. You would do a mighty thing for the name of God. If you got accepted into the fellowship, he don't want it. I wish you would praise him right now. You're accepted in Jesus' name. You're accepted by the grace of God. You're accepted in the house of God. You're accepted in the family of God. Praise Him. Come on, we're accepted today. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands all across this thing. In Jesus' name. I want to unlock some things in your life today. That's what the Lord said. I want to unlock the purpose that has been bound up by the pressure of rejection. I want to unlock the fullness of what I have for you that you have not released because of the pain you feel. Come on, lift your hands right now. Repeat this prayer, and I, I pray, mean it from your heart. Lord, I release every hurt, every pain, every rejection, every lie of Satan. I cast it out. I am accepted. He is my Father. I am a part of the body. I will not run. I will not hide. Come on, boldly. I will love. I will forgive. And I will live in the grace He has given me. Come on, praise Him. Lift it up in this house. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Come on, we praise your name. We want to thank you again for listening to our podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon. If you would like to share how God may have blessed you through this message, 
please feel free to share your testimony on our Facebook page at Citywide Church. And while you're there, like our page for daily updates. You can also follow us on Instagram at Citywide Church. Just a reminder, if you would like more information about this ministry or how to support us financially, please visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. We hope you tune in next week to our podcast. Thank you again. Be encouraged. Stay blessed. Stay blessed.